This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. guests that are here. Um, Brother Ortega's mother is here today. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Let's give her a good hand. Amen. It's good to have you. Thank you for coming all the way from Houston, Texas just to have church with us. No, I'm sure you came for other reasons too. We appreciate that. Amen. It's good to have Anna here today as well. There she is. We love Anna. And um, she, was, she was telling us at the house last night, and she says, there's no place like Lifeway. I say, well, amen to that. And um, no place like home. Amen. Amen. We're so thankful that everyone is here today. And um, I'm going to preach to you today just for a little while, at least as long as my voice will allow me to go. And the title of this, It's Not a Game. It's Not a Game. Once you're turning your Bibles to uh, the book of John, book of John, if you want to stand with me as I read, that would be awesome. John chapter number one, John chapter number one, and then we'll also read John chapter number eight. Brother Zach, we'll start at verse number one, John one, and then we'll read John eight thirty-two and or thirty-one and thirty-two. Amen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Somebody say Amen. Now the same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth into darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. We've said this before, but darkness is a servant of light. You can't turn on a dark switch, but you can turn on a light switch. The only way to get light out is to shut it off. He was not the light. Um, Where did I stop here? Verse number 5, And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. And the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. Somebody say believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Look to your neighbor and says, that's you. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him to them, they gave him power to become the sons of God. Somebody say amen. 
verse number, I'm going to read this again. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. There is a name. I said there is a name that is above every name. A name that one day every knee shall bow. And every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Whether you believe it or not, it's still truth. There will be a day you will bow your knee to a God, and his name is Jesus. I'm going to preach strong here for a moment. I said you will bow a knee one day to God. It might as well be right now at 7754 Cobble Springs Drive. I would rather bow my knee now as a humble servant than be forced to bow my knee at a throne of judgment. I choose to believe today that Jesus is on the throne, that Jesus came and he died. He robed himself in flesh and dwelt among us, died and hung himself on a tree that I may have life in it more abundantly. You can believe it or not, but it's still truth. I said it's still truth. I would rather humble myself before God now and believe on his name. Oh, my shortoya, my Verse number 13, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh. Somebody say amen. And dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, and the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John chapter number 8, verse number 31, and verse number 32. John chapter number 8, verse 31, and verse number 32. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. Do I have a few believers in here today? I said, do I have a few believers in here today? Some of you, you don't want to say you're a believer because you don't know what I'm going to preach yet. Let me tell you something about what kind of preacher I am. I'm a preacher of the Word of God. I don't try to deviate from the Word of God. I don't want to give you my opinion today. I'm going to give you word, the Word of God. Uh, we, don't, we don't sugarcoat with, with flowery things. that try. And I try to relate to everybody, but I'm here to tell you, the Word of God was expressed and written for you. It is my job to give you the Word of God. Verse number 31, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my mm -hmm, continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed. Verse number 32, verse 32, and ye shall know the truth. If you believe and continue, you will know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. So I'm here to tell you, I need to know if there's a few believers in the house today. And if you believe that Jesus died and rose again, let me tell you, the truth is coming down your road right now. I said truth is coming down your road. Because if you can accept and believe Jesus, truth is about to be imparted. And when you receive the truth of God, your freedom is at the door.
Bible says he that the son sets free. You got to believe that he is. The Bible says he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Therefore, if I believe and I continue, then truth is coming down a road unto my life. And when truth meets bondage, I said when truth meets bondage, there is something that bondage cannot hold. It has to be broken at the feet of truth. And the truth of the matter is that Jesus it should be high and lifted up. His name is above his word. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Let's pray right now before you're seated. Let's pray in the name of Jesus. God, let the words of this message, let the hearers receive this message here today. Lord, we're not playing games today, God. This is not a game. This is not a fashion show. This is not a trend. This is not a race to the finish line. This is not a race to Christmas and see how much we can accumulate. Not how many things, but I, I want a gift from you today. I want a word from you today. I want a word from your presence here today. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Come on, let's clap our hands for the Lord right now and give him some praise. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. I preach to you today from a Bible, from a Bible that was handed down to me at my time of ordination, my son brought it down from upstairs, was sitting on the table this morning, and I was contemplating some things in Scripture, and I was contemplating some things, what's happened over the last 24 hours in this week of our church, some things that were very heavy upon the heart, of, 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 upon my heart. And I began to look at this Bible, Dad handed down this Bible to me, my great-grandfather, Pastor Clifford Bryan, who was filled with the Holy Ghost September 21st, 1924, at the age of 23, had this Bible. He was born August 6th, 1901, and deceased August 9th, 1963. My dad wrote a note in the Bible and says this Bible is presented to the great-grandson of Clifford G. Bryan upon his ordination. Presented by Timothy G. Bryan to Timothy David Bryan, Sunday, April the 25th, 2010, at Greater Life Apostolic Church in Louisville, Kentucky. Ordained at Kentucky UPCI Campgrounds, April 22nd, 2010. Officiated by Superintendent Brother Marshall and assisted by Kentucky Secretary and Pastor Reverend Alan Browning. This Bible has been handed down from generation to generation. This Bible means a lot to me. The pages are tattered. The, 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 the pages have turned pink. They've turned red. They are tattered. They are rips. I'm very careful to turn the pages of this Bible. Uh, there is tape in this Bible holding the Scripture Together, there are wonderful little things in this Bible. And when I opened it up today, I was reminded of something very, very true that was been handed down, no doubt, in this Bible in generations. 
and it is the will of prophecy or who is God. And in the midst of that will, it says there is one God. And one thing that I am thankful for is the, the transference of, if you will, or the, the allowance or the gift to me of the generation of not just a book, not just words on a page, not just a tattered book that's been around for a long time, but the Word of God. I'm thankful for the words of God. I'm thankful that someone long in my past, that I don't remember my great-grandfather. He died before I was born. But I'm here to tell you today, he put a legacy in our bloodline that joins to us to put down from generation to generation that there is one God and that Jesus is his name. That the word of God is powerful and is sharper than any two-edged sword. He wanted us to read that there is only one one God. He wanted me to read that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He wanted us to read in generations to come that the same was in the beginning with God and all things were made by Him and without Him was not anything that was made in this world. He wanted to pass on a generation of believers he wanted to pass on to the next generation of what they should be taught, of what they should receive. Ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow is not promised to you as we find with a heart that is breaking for Larry and those who have passed on here recently. But I'm here to tell you today, life is not a game. And I'm here to tell you what you are living right now, you are passing on to the next generation. Huh. It does not matter if you're living right or you're living wrong. You are passing something on to the next generation. If you want to lazy around the house, you're passing on laziness to your next generation. Can I preach for a little bit here? If you want to go and dedicate your life and your funds to the cares of this world, guess what? You're passing on that generation. You're passing on the generation next or behind you that the things of this world are more important than the things of God. I'm going to preach as a pastor right now. If faithfulness to the house of a God is a problem for you, then you are passing on that same problem to the next generation. If sin is abounding in your home, guess what you're passing on? Sin in, that ne in the next generation. If you want to pass on a Bible, you can pass on this Bible. My great-grandfather, no doubt, probably saw that he hoped that one day there would be a great-grandson or a great-great-grandson that would carry the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've seen some of his sermon notes. I've seen my grandfather's sermon notes. I've seen my father's sermon notes. And, oh, those notes are great and wonderful. But I've got a legacy to uphold to and pass the gospel of Jesus Christ on to the next generation. And I just don't want to pass on the gospel. I want to pass on the gospel to the next generation of believers. It's not just my job to pass it on to my son or my daughter. And hopefully one day I'll pass this Bible on to my son. 
and that he can carry around this Bible as a reminder of what his great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather taught and preached. And I can be thankful for all the things that he was a part of. My great-grandfather was a part of the merger of, of, of two apostolic movements. He, he was a part of all these things. I have all these wonderful books and different things that dad has passed on to me. I have these totes full of pictures and memories of the apostolic movement early in the 1900s. And I can thank God and are really cool to see and watch. But there's something greater than just words on a page. It's something more than just a, a picture that's in a tote, tote locker upstairs in a closet. It's something about the gospel of Jesus Christ that has been preached from generation to generation. Some of you in this room don't have a legacy. Don't have, perhaps if I can say it this way, generations. Maybe you are the first generation of a believer in your family. So guess what you're doing? You're starting a beautiful legacy of Jesus Christ being preached in your home. You're starting a brand new thing. <laughs> I'm a fourth generation minister preaching our family. And to be honest with you, I rejected that message. I, I rejected being a minister for a long time. But I felt the call But God. I, I just felt like I wanted to reject it. I didn't want to have to get up. Lord, you don't understand. I stutter. I, I don't think like other people think. I can't do things like my father did. I, I can't do things like my great-grandfather did and my grandfather. But God told me I didn't call you to be them. I called you to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ. I can't call you to carry the name that is above every name. God didn't call you to have a legacy. God called you to carry the name. God calls you to carry the gospel. And when you carry the gospel, there will become a legacy. There will become a next generation out of you. I think the most beautiful thing about, about uh, this carrying the gospel of Jesus Christ is the Lord saw fit to me to give me a wife that was a first generation. I think is the greatest gift to my ministry, greatest gift to my life, is God saw fit to have a new convert a part of this household. A new convert that would keep me where I needed to be. I can get high on the hog and say, my, my daddy, my grandfather, my big daddy, my great-grandfather, we did all these things, and, and I have all these memories. But my wife can look at me and she said, I don't have those memories. But guess what? The next generation, we're changing a legacy in her family. We're changing a legacy about the future of families to come. So I say all that to say this. This living for the Lord and naming or having the name of Jesus Christ in this word is not a game. My life is not a game. Dedication and consecration unto the name of Jesus is not a game. Life and death is in the power of a decision in your speech. John James chapter number 3 verse number 11 through 12 says, Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine or figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh water. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying we have got to be about the Father's business uh, and get that salt water out of our spirit uh, and get a fresh flow of the Holy Ghost. 
What do you get when you have fresh water? You get fresh water. What do you get when you have salt water? You have salt water. But when you take fresh water and put salt in it, it becomes salt water. I'm here to tell you, you can't live for God and mammon. you got to serve God with all your mind, your soul, and your spirit. That doesn't mean, yeah, sometimes we make mistakes and sometimes we don't get it right. But I'm going to be quick to an altar. I'm going to be quick to humble myself before God and say, Lord, I don't want people to perceive that there's not fresh water coming out of my life. You don't dirty the gospel. I said you can't dirty the gospel. I'm going to get somewhere. I said you can't dirty the gospel. It is pure no matter what. But you do cloud the perception of others and how they see the gospel. To say that again. You don't dirty the gospel. You can't pollute the gospel. The gospel is pure no matter. The word of God already is settled. You can lie on it. You can, you can say things about it, but that doesn't change the truth of the word of God. I'm going to say that you can't dirty the gospel. The gospel is the gospel. But what you can do but you can cloud the perception of others and how they see the gospel. Uh, Psalms 1, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate on day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that we can allow the world to pollute their perception of the gospel. You can allow circumstances to pollute your mind and how you look at the word of God. Some will say the word of God is nothing but, but laws and things you got to live by and, and certain things that this, you can't live up to. No, I can't live up to everything in this, but I'm going to give it the best shot that I can because I know that there is a reward for me waiting in heaven one day. And I'm not here to pretend like I know it all, but I know who knows it all. And I want to be attached to the person who knows it all. I would rather have a tunnel. I would rather have a vision of the one sitting high on the throne and have an answer from the one, the one true king than to be wondering where the answers are coming from in this world. So what is truth? Everybody say truth. God is love. And he is always going to tell you the truth. <laughs> I said the Lord will always tell you the truth 
That's why people don't want to come to church sometimes because they're going to hear truth. At least hopefully it's a truth-speaking church. And when we believe, then we're going to speak the word of God. God is love. That is truth. And he is always going to tell you the truth in love because he is love. His word, his actions, his life is a beautiful example of truth. So we're going to get to something real quick here. The key features of realism, or as we will take it, are this, that the world exists objectively, independently of the ways we think about it or describe it. In other words, our thoughts and claims are about the world. That doesn't mean something's true if you only observe it from a distance. Truth makers, the truth maker principle expresses the ontological aspect of a neoclassical correspondence theory. That's not my words. I, I got that off of somewhere else. I can tell you after church where I got that. That's not, I, I can't make up those words. And it, I took some practice to actually say ontological. And I'm probably saying it wrong. But it's a theory. It's not merely, not merely must Truth obtain and not not merely must truth obtain in virtual of word to world relations, but there must be a thing that makes each truth true. Follow me here for a second. Now I got another theory for you: the coherence. Everybody say coherence. The coherence theory, put into a slogan form, says this: a belief is true if and only if. It is part of a coherent system of beliefs. In other words, they kind of mesh together. You can't take salt water and fresh water and call one the other. There has to be some cohesiveness to the statement and the belief system. So that takes us to John 8, 30, 31 and 32 again. There's got to be, if the belief is true, and only if it is part of a coherent system of belief. So John 8, 31 said, then, Jesus, uh, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed, everybody say believed, believed on him. If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. There is a belief system, a coherent theory, a belief system. If you believe on me and believe in my word, something will happen of a truth will be revealed to you. Those are coherence in a belief system. And in this belief system of knowing and believing in God gives me a beautiful picture in verse number 32. And ye shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Sometimes we limit our belief system and we stop when we don't get the answer that we want. We allow God to move in us for a certain period of time like we do with the doctor's visit when we say, Doctor, I got, I got a sickness and the doctor prescribes us a 12-day medication. And what do we do? We go home and we take four days and we start feeling better so we leave the, the rest of the capsules in the cabinet. And then all of a sudden, a few days later, we're sick again. Go back to the doctor, and the doctor says, well, did you take all of your medicine? And we say, no, can I please have a refill? Because we are not all 
the better with the medication because we didn't take all of the medication that was prescribed to us. Some of us are like that with coming to the Lord. We feel good when we come in the house of God on Sunday and we don't take our Monday medicine. And then we don't take our Tuesday medicine. And then we don't take our Wednesday medicine. And then it takes the first 45 minutes of service on Sunday to get you back where you need to be. But I'm believing I'm going to preach to a church today that is not going to live that kind of way. We're going to be a group of believers that say, I'm going to preach and believe the gospel on Sunday just like I will on Monday and not the other way around. You see, we were so much, and I preached a message, and I thought about preaching it again Sunday today, that we are not just a Sunday morning church. Can I get an amen? We are the Monday morning church. I do not respond to my God just because it's Sunday. I respond to my God because he is alive on Monday just as much as he is on Sunday. And my feet are planted in him on Monday just like I come to celebrate Jesus on Sunday. I truly believe that the church will grow is when our response on Sunday is a response to what God did on Monday and not the other way around. I want you to hear me right now. Your response on Sunday should be what God revealed to you on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, not the other way around. Our Monday should not be precluded by what happens on Sunday. But God, when we come into the house of God, I want to have a group of believers that are walking in truth, that we have already arrived in truth. I don't need to be pumped and primed to get there. I am believing and I am seeking and I am free in truth. My voice is holding up. I'm going to go a little bit longer. John, verse number one of John chapter number one. Let's go back there again. And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. That just tells me that in the beginning of my day, I might as well be with God and let His Word be in me and I in Him. Let me tell you something right now. Some of us cannot see God because we're not in Him. (laughs) I know the Scripture says, that no man can see God. <clears throat> but the Bible is throughout all scripture, man seeing God. You say, no man, no flesh, no flesh can come face to face with God. But if I am in him in spirit, God can reveal to me what the spirit wants to reveal to me. Bible says in the book of Exodus, I believe it is, that Moses <clears throat> and the elders went up to see God and they saw him. I said they saw him. The book of Job says, um, I believe it was Eliphaz, he was sharing with Job in Job chapter number 5. He began to share with him. He said something happened. I was in the middle of the night uh, and I had a vision and I had a dream and I saw a form and that form spoke and my flesh was weak and my flesh trembled and what that was is he saw God. He saw the Spirit of God. Let me tell you today, you may not see him right now but if you get in God, God will reveal things to you that you have never seen before. That's a whole nother 
That's a whole nother preaching point there. You can, you can go through scripture. My flesh, I can't come before God. But if I am in Christ and Christ is in me, God will show me things that, that I have never seen before. Eliphaz and Job says, I saw a form and I didn't know what it was. It was in my dream, but I saw a form. And that form of that thing, it began to speak to me. It began to show me things. And it began to come to me in the middle of the night. Ladies and gentlemen, let me speak a truth to you. If you want to see Jesus, get a hold of him. Let the truth of God be revealed into your life and let him set you free. And when you become free, God can speak to you in visions. God can speak to you in your thoughts. God can speak to you in your times of need and show you things that you never thought were possible. Here's the thing, when I come in contact with the one true God and I begin to submit my flesh and my spirit unto him, there's something of an outward experience. My body can't hold it. My body will tremble. My body will fear. My body will, body will wonder what in the world's going on. I don't know about you, but I've been in services before, and I would feel it this morning when we were worshiping because I was worshiping God. The hair began to stand on my neck. The hair began to stand on my hand. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the glory of God being made manifest in my flesh. God began to move in my flesh. And out of my belly began to flow rivers of living water. I began to worship the Lord in an unknown tongue. I began to exalt him in an unknown language. The, the, the bond and the bondage that used to have my tongue didn't have it no more. I began to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. John 1, again, I'll be coming to a close in him. Verse number 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Man, we could preach on that for a little bit, but I ain't got enough time. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. And the same came for a witness. Somebody say witness. Is there any witnesses and believers here and here that believe and are a witness that Jesus is that light? I've come to bear witness to you that Jesus is a light. A light unto your path and a lamp unto your feet. That's what what my God is, that all men through him might believe. Everybody say believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. It doesn't matter what nationality you are, what background you have, if you're a fourth generation or first generation. My God died once, the Bible says, for all. I said the Bible says he died once for everybody. That doesn't excuse anybody from the truth of the gospel. That, it, that takes all of us. That means all of us should submit to the power and the glory and the truth of his name. He was in the world, and the word was made by him, and the world knew him not. Some of us may be confused about who he is, confused about who what, what he represents. But let me tell you, the Bible says he is full of love and full of mercy. That means if you walked away from God, guess what? He's going to love you when you return. He's going to love you back into his fold. And the Bible says he came into this world and came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him to this them gave the heath power to become the sons of God.
even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor to the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. And the glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him. Hang with me for a second. And cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me. For, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received. And grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses but grace I said for the law was given by Moses but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ somebody say amen I'm thankful there is a name that is above every name that I can go to the Lord and there is truth and mercy and grace in the name of Jesus 2 Timothy chapter number 2. I end it with this verse of Scripture. Verse number 1, 2 Timothy 2. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, uh, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if, any, if, and if a man also strive for masteries, Yet is he not crowned except that he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say, the Lord give the understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ, the seed of David, was raised from the dead according to my gospel, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds. But the word of God uh, is not bound. Let's say that again. Wherein I suffer trouble, even as, as an even evildoer, even unto bonds. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It is a faithful saying. You can find, I believe, five faithful sayings throughout the scripture. And this is a faithful saying, for if we believe, if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. it is, verse number 13. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. Of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, 
but to the subverting of the hearers. Verse number 15. Last scripture. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word. Uh, rightly dividing the word of what? Of truth. This beautiful word. This book that has been handed down from generation to generation. I'll never forget the day that dad passed this on to me. But more beautiful than the words and pages that are pink is the truth of this word. I pray and I ask you today to submit yourself to the word of God. Because when you submit yourself and belief to the word of God, the bonds that you have in your life will have to fall. Sicknesses have to flee. Satan has to go bye-bye when the truth sets into your life. You become no longer a servant to sin. You become a servant to the Almighty God. So the greatest legacy, the greatest thing that you could pass on to that next generation is the word of truth, is the word of knowledge, and a word that is powerful than any game in this world. This thing living for God is not a game. I said it's not a game. There are many games out there that you can respawn. A lot of games out there that you have a life and you die, then you just have another life. You play, go back to playing Mario Brothers, you hope you have another life so you can get more coins. That's how my gaming memory goes, all the way back to Mario Kart and Mario Brothers. I don't know anything about these new games. But you, you respawn or you, you get a new life. But in this thing called life, walking with Jesus, you can't respawn. You don't have an extra life. You don't have an extra life to live. All you have is the one that you have. And it is fleeting. And if I can say this today, I'm sure Larry didn't know that his time was up. I'm sure Larry didn't know. I'm sure he was heading somewhere for Thanksgiving. I'm sure he was planning on seeing family one more time. He had plans to be with his kids again. He had been saving money for certain things. He had a car recently he gave to his daughter. No doubt he had another vehicle to give to somebody else. He was a giving man. He didn't know his day was coming. But my heart pains me to know that he was in his apartment going through a time in his life that there was no one there with him as he passed. And I don't mean to get morbid here right now, but I'm here to tell you today, 
You don't know when your number is up. You don't know when your time has come. So you better abide in truth while you have a chance. I said you better abide in truth while you have a chance. Ain't got no time for bonds and chains. Ain't got no time for heartache and pain. Ain't got no time to deal with death in my life. All I got time for is coming to the throne of Jesus Christ and surrendering this mortal body and my spirit to the one who can take care of it all. Some of you are going through and have bonds and chains that you were trying to submit to the Lord and make your way back to Him. Let me tell you today, the Word of God is not bound. So when you come in contact with Jesus, and when you come to an altar of prayer, and you submit yourself to the Word of God, and you submit yourself to an almighty, sufficient Savior, the bonds that are in your life, you'll be able to step out of those. They will fall like the walls of Jericho, and you'll begin to walk on those walls. You begin to walk in places you've never walked before. And God will see fit to make you free in Jesus' name. Let's stand together right now. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.